Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? I made it clear that my intention was to play and my intention was to play for the New York Jets. Rodgers going for it all, looking to bring it open. He's got it! Lazard! Gonna go! Touchdown! Rodgers snaps it quick, scrambles to his right, pumps and runs, and Rodgers is inside the pylon! Allen has time. Intercepted! Sauce Gardner's got it! Breaking away, Garrett Wilson! Wilson a big play downfield! Allen tripped up! He could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall. He's done it again. Brees Lightning, 62 yards for the touchdown. And he's sacked again by Quinton Williams. What a beast, number 95 for the Jets. Listen, thank you. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And a lot of people are excited about the Jets' fifth-round selection of Israel Labanakanda, the running back from Pitt, who actually is a local kid. We're going to tell his story with a reporter who covered him and did a great job of it for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, Noah Hiles. Noah, thanks so much for coming on the show. Hey, thanks for having me on, Scott. I, I, I Obviously, an exciting weekend that just passed by uh, for Pitt Panther fans and, of course, for New York Jets fans. And like, like you pointed out, a little bit of a intertwining of the fan bases with a couple of picks the Jets made. Now, Noah, you spent the draft with Izzy and his family waiting for him to get drafted, and I want to get to that because you wrote a great piece for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette about that, but you've written a lot of great stuff about Izzy, and so I wanted to go through his entire journey. Let's start with his father. This is a fascinating story. His father's a Nigerian immigrant who was a track star. He actually wasn't supposed to play athletics. His family didn't want him to be involved in sports. But when he was at Georgia Tech, he tried out for the track team and made it. And he was so fast that the football team came calling. He had no idea about American football, none. But he wound up on the scout team, didn't do anything, but still pretty impressive for somebody with no background in football, didn't even know anything about it, to wind up involved with the Georgia Tech football team. Can you talk a little bit about that with Izzy's father? Yeah, I mean, and, and it's it's funny because when you get to meet Mr. Banacanda, uh, he has the size that had he been born in the States and actually known what American football was at a younger age, he probably would have played in the NFL. It's just, you know, with, with the speed that he had obviously you know running track at georgia tech you got to be fast and as a sprinter and then his size i mean he's bigger than izzy so when when you meet this guy and, and you just think about the natural athleticism that one would have to have 
to be able to just walk on as a division one sprinter and be so fast that coaches from a completely different sport would not only notice you, but ask you to come just be on the scout team because your speed would make their team better. And yeah, it's, it, it's crazy. It's funny to hear him talk about that because um, I, I noticed the way I found out about it, there was just a little note about it on his player profile on Pitt's roster or the website or whatever in the, in the note section. And uh, when I was writing that story, I, I, I was kind of interested. I was like, I couldn't find anything on him about, you know, his recruitment. If you ever played in a game, I was scrolling through to even find his number. I couldn't find much. And uh, he's talked about it. He's like, yeah, I didn't even know what that sport was when I was playing it. It was just kind of like, you're a fast guy. We will use you in situations when we have to prepare to play a fast player. And um, obviously, as he got older, he became a, a fan of the game. And and then once his son started playing, as he has an older brother, Michael, who played Division One football as well at both Temple and Buffalo. Um, and throughout both, both of his son's football development, he was very involved. And because while he, you know, didn't have a crazy football background, he understood what it took to be a, a good athlete at, at a high level. And as far as discipline goes and and everything. And, and, and I think a lot of the good traits that you'll see in Israel, Banakanda, he gets from both of his parents uh, just in different ways. Noah, you mentioned Izzy's brother, Michael, who, as you said, played at both Temple and Buffalo. And the way that these two brothers wound up playing football isn't because of their father's background in football. It was because his sister, Deborah, came home with a flyer one day, right? Yeah. I mean, the the way that it all played out for this kid is is truly incredible when you think about it. I mean, if his sister doesn't bring home that flyer, what happens? Or if he goes to the track route or whatever. There's so many different variables that had something went different. Um, Izzy's probably not an NFL running back right now, but yeah, his, his, his sister, Deborah came home from school one day with a flyer about football tryouts for just little league pop Warner and his older brother, Michael played his first year of football. And, and during that entire season, um, and I, I'm not sure if I included this in the story or not, but, uh, his dad was telling me, you know, Izzy would come to every single practice and he would always have a football with him in his hands. He was only like three years old. And so the next year when he was four, they enrolled him in kindergarten early. And that's why he is so young. He was the youngest player selected in this year's draft. Um, and he started playing football with kids two, three years older than him just because he wanted to do it so bad his parents couldn't convince him otherwise. So yeah, it's, it's, it's all because of that flyer that his brother got involved. And then Izzy saw his brother play. He fell in love with the game at a young age and started playing at, you know, the age of four with six and seven year olds, which is, you know, crazy considering, you know, the size difference between a four year old and a seven year old, but that's kind of how he was brought up. And like you said, it all started because of flyer at an elementary school. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus play like a jet play like a jet no i wanted to ask you about sean o'connor who was izzy's coach at abraham lincoln high school now he's been around a lot of very talented players but it seems like meeting izzy for the first time he immediately knew he had something special on his hands yeah, he told me that he really wanted Michael um, to be on his team, and it didn't work out for one reason or another. And I'm, I'm sure you probably know about this more than me, but to my understanding, Abe Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln, is a basketball powerhouse, mm-hmm. and uh, you know that that's where you go if you want to be a hooper, not a football player necessarily. And, and Michael went somewhere else, but Sean was still very big in Michael's recruitment, helping him get to the right camps and everything, and through. You know, his relationship with Michael, Sean got his, you know, got to meet Izzy and saw him playing at the youth level and, you know, with with a million different coaches, apparently trying to get this kid to their high school, you know, both public high schools and private high schools all throughout New York. Uh, Coach O'Connor was able to, 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 to give the winning pitch, basically saying, hey. I'm going to be with your guy for the long haul. We do we do things right here. We're very, you know, academically focused. He he was very proud to he and the principal at Abe Lincoln both this past weekend were talking to me about, you know, all of our players graduate. They're all very involved in other organizations as students here and 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 they a lot of them go on to to college, not necessarily even as football players but just as students and that that kind of pitch really sold the Abanacanda family that and the help that he provided Michael with throughout his recruitment and uh, it, they built a great relationship very, very, very early on in uh, Izzy's football development. Noah, can you tell the story about what happened when Izzy was in eighth grade and he got snuck into that satellite camp that Buffalo was running? Yeah, that's, it's, a, it's a crazy one where he he'd always he would always go to them with his older brother who, you know, when when a big part of the high school football recruiting process is going to these camps during the summertime where college coaches are, are at, or sometimes colleges will have camps on campus. And I don't think it's legal anymore, but back, you know, 10 years ago or whatever, they used to have satellite camps and the university of Buffalo had one in Brooklyn and Izzy, who was just in eighth grade, which, you know, you 
you can't really go to these high school camps when you're in eighth grade, but he kind of snuck his way in and he showed right then and there what kind of player he was going to be. Coaches from, you know, college programs were, were, were sold on him already. And the kid hadn't even played high school football yet. And that's kind of when his head coach, Sean O'Connor, um, realized that, you know, this kid's going to be special and we got it. We got to make sure we get him on our roster. And there were multiple talented running backs ahead of him, you know, waiting to play at, at Lincoln at that time. But O'Connor kind of knew in the back of his mind that, Hey, this is, this is a player that's, that's going to be able to help us win immediately, despite the fact that he should still be in middle school. I thought it was really interesting that Sean O'Connor thought initially when Izzy showed up in high school, his best path would be to be a starter on the JV team, but he decided to leave the decision up to Izzy and his dad, and Izzy decided to bet on himself, thinking that even if he was a backup initially on the varsity team, he would earn himself playing time and force his way into the lineup, and that's pretty much what he did, right? Yeah, and that's I think Sean was talking to me about that again this weekend. He said you just looked at him, and his biggest worry was that it would stall his development if he wasn't getting carries and games. He said, I, I didn't want this kid to just come here and be a tackling dummy in practice. And then on Friday nights, you know, he's just standing there on the sidelines and we're not using him. He thought it'd be better. Even if he played JV for just, you know, the one season, it would be better if he could continue, you know, learning how to find a hole or, you you know, develop his vision, all that kind of stuff, get game reps. But he, he left it up to the family and, and the dad asked Izzy, you know, Mr. Abanacana asked Izzy, uh, you know, what, what do you want to do here? And, and Izzy, a kid who, like I mentioned, has been playing with players two, three years older than him his entire life, was like, oh, put me on varsity. And he's always kind of been up for that challenge, playing with guys that were a lot older, bigger, stronger, faster than him. And that's what's made him kind of able to be thrown into these tough situations and do well. And yeah, he, he, he found himself in a running back rotation with guys who all went on to play college football as a freshman. He, he was, you know, right there with them and, and played an impact on a team that won a lot of games that year. No, one thing that was amazing to me is the strict training regimen that Izzy adheres to. But not only is it amazing that he has such a strict regimen, he's had that since he was seven years old, right? Yeah, that's that's one thing with the, the Abanacanda family. Uh, they have a lot of values, uh, but one thing is discipline. They're, they're just a very disciplined bunch. It's, um, anything they do, they believe that they really need to invest themselves in uh, 100%. And I think that, you know, just they, they didn't want Izzy to get involved with the wrong crowd. So when they noticed that he became, you know, infatuated with football at a young age, it was in everyone's best interest, I think, for him to just dedicate a lot of his time to that. So they said, yeah, you know, you take care of your schoolwork. But then after that, you know, if you if you really love this this game, then let's make you the best player you can possibly be. And he started private training sessions at the age of seven all the way up through high school. He had a personal trainer that he would work out with before school or after practice, really whenever he had free time. And, and that kept him you know, out of out of trouble where, you know, he he told me there were friends he's had where they got involved with the wrong things. And his parents would say he never had time to get in trouble because he was either practicing with team organized practices 
he was training with his trainer or he was studying. Those were the three things. And his mom even mentioned to me this past weekend that, you know, the rare occasions where they did let him go out, they, they would put him on a bus or something and they knew the bus schedule. So they knew, Hey, you know, you can go here. The bus will leave at this time. You can hang out with this person for this long, but we know this bus arrives back here at this time. And you better be on that bus that arrives back at that time. So they, they kept him on a, a strict regimen, um, both just as you know, a young man and as a young athlete, and it, it certainly paid off. We know that Izzy was an outstanding high school football player, and he wound up going to Pitt on an athletic scholarship to play football. Can you talk a little bit about how he chose Pitt, how he wound up there, and then how he made such a strong first impression once he got there? Yeah, he, you know, I, I think that New York, obviously, when people think of New York high school athletics, they're not thinking of football first, especially in the city. They're, they're thinking of basketball and especially for that school. Um, so while he had the, you know, the, the the resume and I think the the athleticism to play at a lot of D1 schools, you know, there were there were some programs who really overlooked him, and and the ones that did recruit him, there weren't many great fits. And why is he loved Pitt? If if anyone listening has been to the University of Pittsburgh's campus, it's dead smack in the middle of the city, uh, it, the neighborhood it's in. It's called Oakland, and um, he he felt at home because he's a kid who was born and raised in Brooklyn. He said, "This is what I'm familiar with." When he would go to the rural campuses of programs that recruited him like Vanderbilt or Tennessee or you know teams like that he would say this is this just isn't me I'm not used to seeing all this grass I'm not used to you know seeing all this space he, he's used to the the loud the loud traffic sounds and the the close qu- close quarters and everything like that it Pitt really made him feel at home and once he arrived at Pitt he 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 really established himself as someone who if you gave him time, he was going to come in and be an impact player. I mean, the Pitt football program has a great track record of producing talented running backs. You can go all the way back to, you know, Tony Dorsett, Heisman Trophy winner, Hall of Famer. Obviously, Jet fans know all about Curtis Martin. Recent history of LaShawn McCoy, Dion Lewis, uh, James Conner, Quadri Allison, all these guys who are uh, – some of them are still in the NFL. Um and, and, and Izzy, obviously, he came here wanting to be the next guy. And the big moment, and I'm not sure if I included this in that story or not. You're, you, I uh, wrote it all the way back and I think, in October. But um, the big moment that everyone reflects upon about Izzy's quote-unquote arrival was one time in spring pra- practice on the scout team, he took a handoff just right up the middle, 80 yards for a touchdown. And that's what guys like on that defense were – you know, they had Jalen Twyman, they had DeMar Hamlin, you know, and a whole bunch of guys like Kalijah Kansi and, and and Brandon Hill and Eric Hallett. All these guys are in the NFL now. And uh, they were all just kind of looking around like, who, who in the world was that guy? That kid is crazy fast. And they found out he's only, he's only 17 years old. And um, he had the speed. It was more just, you know, and he, he certainly had the frame, but it was just more about, you know, learning the system, not just being able to, hit a hole and go, but have the vision and understand how to really read his blocks and, and and learn the offensive scheme. And as that developed over the years, Pitt found out it had a pretty special player. Noah, you mentioned how Izzy wanted to go to Pitt because he wanted to be somewhere near a big city. He didn't want to be in the country. He didn't like the idea of, as you said, too much grass. He's from Brooklyn, so he's a local kid. 
and he obviously loves the spotlight. He's very disciplined, too. We talked about his regimen that he's adhered to strictly since he was seven years old. We hear all the time about Robert Sala and Joe Douglas trying to build this culture in the locker room. They want guys that are comfortable here. They want guys that are positive influences in the locker room. They want guys that eat, breathe, and sleep football. It sounds like in every single way, Izzy is a fit for what they're looking for, both on and off the field. Because as you say in your story, he loves the spotlight. He loves the idea of being virtually like a movie star. And so being back home in New York, being in the spotlight and adhering to that strict regimen, loving football as much as he does, I can't imagine a player who on paper fits better the culture that Robert Sala and Joe Douglas are trying to build here with the Jets. Yeah, Scott, that that movie star line that he delivered on the ACC Network, I remember watching that interview and thinking, really? Because he's a very quiet kid, and I've got to know him pretty well. I mean, and and just this past weekend in the season, you know, I I talked with – he is by far the – the least amount of uh, the smallest talker in his family. Everyone else is is very extroverted and will have a conversation with you. And Izzy's not shy by any means, but you know he's he's pretty to the point when you have a conversation with him. And you know when you have a lot of interviews with him, he just gives you a one sentence answer, and it's not because he's trying to be short with you. It's just he's just down to business. But I think when he says he likes the spotlight, and that's how I interpret it, and when I wrote that, it's. He's not phased by any sort of pressure or, you know, glitz or glamour or whatever. There's a lot of, you know, 20-year-olds. If you tell them, hey, a team just drafted you. They're starting running back towards ACL last year. You're probably going to have to step in early in the season and have a big impact. And, oh, by the way, they just traded for Aaron Rodgers as well. So the, the expectation is probably highest it's ever been in your lifetime with this franchise. Um, can you handle it? And as you'd be like, yeah, sure. You know, he's he's one of the most even keel people I've ever met. And uh, yeah, as far as, you know, character goes, he he's perfect for really any team because he's not going to be an off the field problem. Yeah, he he loves the attention. He uh, he loves when people like his Instagram posts or whatever, but he's not a guy who's going to be causing drama or, you know, throwing Gatorade coolers on the sidelines if he's not getting enough touches or if he's not involved enough. The, the line that he loves to say uh, after after games when you're, you're asking him about, you know, his responsibilities, he loves calling himself a soldier. And I think that that's a perfect way to describe him in the sense where, to describe him in a sense where he, he just follows orders. He's got a job to do. And you tell him what that job is and he's going to do it kind of like Forrest Gump where, cause, because you told me to drill sergeant, like that's kind of how he is. I think he's a little brighter than Forrest Gump, maybe not as fast. That's up for debate. But uh, yeah, I think that that's a good way to describe him where he's a soldier, you know, you give him a mission. And if that's that mission's returning kicks, if it's catching passes on third down, if it's running the ball on first and second down to set up a third and manageable, if it's blocking, if it, whatever it is, He's going to do that to the best of his ability. You're not going to hear him complain. And you need guys like that. He's not going to be someone who ever delivers a rah-rah speech. And that's okay, too. I think that it's important when you're, you know, you're building a culture like the Jets are with, with Salah and all the free agents that they brought in. And you're trying to, you know, establish a foundation of winning that really hasn't existed in like 10 years. You need leaders and vocal guys and veterans but you also need a whole bunch of younger guys who don't have the ego to feel like they need to do more than what they really can. 
And Israel is a perfect person to really just put right in there and say, buy into your role and we'll be a better team because of it. He He's going to do that. Noah, Izzy became the full-time starter at running back in 2021, but it wasn't exactly like he was the featured piece in the offense because they had Kenny Pickett and it was a very pass-happy offense. But then Frank Signetti comes in, and I remember Frank Signetti from being all over the place, both in college and in the pros, and at one point he was the offensive coordinator of the Rams, and I remember on the Around the NFL podcast they used to joke about how Frank Signetti sounded like the name of an old-school television detective. Frank Signetti on the job. He's going to bring down yeah, the criminal. Yep. So that always made me laugh, and so Frank Signetti shows up at Pitt, This past year after Pickett is gone, he wants to have a much more balanced offense. And all of a sudden, Izzy just takes off like a rocket. He had some incredible games. We know all about that 300-plus yard game that he had against Virginia Tech. Just a dynamo this past year. Can you talk about that transition from 2021 to 2022, how he stepped into that role, and what happened when Frank Signetti came in and changed that offense? Yeah, I mean, like you said, in 21, there was no need to run the football. They had one of the most productive quarterbacks in college that year, the first quarterback taken in the draft that year with Kenny Pickett. Um, And they also had the best receiver in the country in Jordan Addison, who went in the first round with the Minnesota Vikings this year. Um, So, yeah, they they didn't have a lot of reason to run the football. But as the season went on, yeah, he was just a redshirt freshman, but more and more throughout the year, he became involved and. Uh, I the, I think he had a really big game against either Virginia Tech or Georgia Tech his freshman year in 21. That was kind of his breakout game. I know he performed pretty well in the ACC championship game. Something to note as well uh, that I didn't get to include in my story. There was an incident where he ran into the strength and conditioning coach on the sidelines of Wake Forest sideline in that game. And, and that coach like shoved him, which in the NFL, like that's like a fine, but like not even a penalty was called. And like that didn't even phase him. And his head coach, Sean O'Connell, uh, O'Connor loves telling that story because he just thought it's like a perfect way to describe Dizzy where it's like, there's nothing you can do to get me off my game. You, you're not going to get in his head. But anyway, he he has that success late in the 21 campaign uh, when Pitt wins the ACC championship and going into the 2022 season. Um, that was the big thing. They brought in Signetti. They brought in a new quarterback, Keaton Slovis from USC through the transfer portal. And the the whole calling card was this is going to be a more balanced offense. Pitt returned its entire starting offensive line. Uh, and they had this stable of running backs that was supposed to be a committee. However, I remember in training camp, you just you'd watch, you know, the running backs and you just see this. This number two kid is huge. And I, I I didn't cover Pitt in 21, but I followed along um, just with their success and everything. And I remember watching Izzy and I was like, yeah, you know, he's, he's kind of a speedster. But then when I met him last fall, it it was or last summer, I should say, you know, he, he must have put on at least 20 pounds of muscle knowing that, hey, this is going to be an opportunity for me where if I can win this starting job, I'm actually going to be a bigger part of this offense than just someone who, you know, runs the ball five to 10 times and catches it two to five times. I could be someone who touches the ball 20 to 30 times a game if called for. And uh, he wins that starting job. I remember it was big news heading into the first game of the season against West Virginia when Pitt uh, released its depth chart. Narduzzi will always have an or 
next to uh, guys who are in a committee for a position rather than putting a one or a two. And there was no or at the running back position. We said, wow, is he really won the the job outright? And they had other guys at that position who were good. They had Rodney Hammond Jr., who will be the starter this year, who ran for like 90 yards against WVU in the season opener. You, they had Sebo Flemister, a, a transfer from, from Notre Dame. Uh, who was coming in and they've had other big time guys also lower on the depth chart as well. But for Izzy to win that job, you know, people, some people were surprised that they gave it to him outright and he didn't necessarily do too great against WVU. I think he only had like 30 yards rushing. He obviously had the big touchdown catch to tie the game late in the fourth quarter. Um, but then on that drive where Izzy scored that game winning touchdown, Rodney Hammond, his backup who had outplayed him that get day got hurt. So you go into week two, they're playing Tennessee, a big time matchup. And uh, it was Izzy's backfield that day with Rodney Hammond out. And man, did he steal the show first quarter? I think he had a 79 yard rushing touchdown up the middle. And then late in the first half, Pitt's quarterback, Keaton Slovis goes down with an injury. And in the second half, their backup, Nick Patty also got banged up. And while he didn't leave the game, he played the rest of it on one leg. So pretty much that entire game is Anaconda was the pit offense and that was pretty much the story for the rest of the season because Pitt never really had consistent quarterback play when Keaton Slovis returned he I don't know if it was like an injury thing or a confidence thing or whatever but the passing attack was just not that reliable but the reason the Panthers were able to win nine games win a Sun Bowl you know finish the season ranked um, and have a really good year was due largely in part to Izzy Abanacanda and his superstar season. I think there was one stretch throughout the year where he scored 15 of Pitt's touchdowns in a row. No one else on, on Pitt scored a touchdown besides Israel Abanacanda. I think from uh, until they played Virginia, which was like their second or third to last game of the year, he was their only player to score a touchdown in ACC play. Uh, aside from a guy who caught two touchdowns in garbage time against Georgia Tech and transferred the following week. So he was just, he was their offense. He was a guy that they were going to get the ball to, you know, 30 times a game on the ground. He was a home run hitter. Like you mentioned, everyone knows about the Virginia Tech game where he scored six touchdowns, ran for 320 yards, breaking Tony Dorsett's single game rushing record at Pitt. Um, and in that game, I'll never forget at halftime, Pitt was ahead by a point, but as Frank Signetti and the offensive staff were making their way to the elevator from the press box, he was saying, we're taking this game over on the ground. We just need to win the game on the ground. And in that second half, I think he ran for like 200 yards. So he was a guy that Pitt really looked to after that Tennessee performance in week two as saying, hey, this is the key to the offense, opposing defenses. If you can, if you can stop number two, you're going to beat us, but not many teams were able to stop him. He was he was a machine. Noah, I wanted to discuss the relationships that Izzy has developed with coaches and even with veterans. We talked about Sean O'Connor, his high school coach, but his running back coach, Andre Powell, just gushes about the kid, especially his preparation and the way he takes notes in meetings. Pat Narduzzi, the head coach at Pitt, has compared him favorably to Le'Veon Bell, who he was around when he was at Michigan State. And then we know about LaShawn McCoy, former Pitt running back 
outstanding player, one of the best running backs of the last 10 to 20 years. And he has talked incessantly about Izzy and how good he thinks Izzy's going to be, tweeting out that he thinks Izzy is going to be a star. In fact, he wrote, I promise this kid is going to be a star. Can you talk a little bit about the relationship with those coaches and then the presence of Shady McCoy? I don't know how involved he's been, if he's been back to Pitt or if he's met with Izzy or any of that, but I was curious about that aspect as well. Yeah, I mean, first things first. I mean, yeah, Shady tries to get back uh, as much as possible. I know his playing career just recently ended, but um, he, he was the guest speaker at the, the season kickoff luncheon last year which, you know, was leading up to the WVU game. For those who don't know, Pitt, West Virginia, one of the, one of the, probably the more underrated college football rivalries in the country. Uh, I think a lot of people learned about that last fall when the rivalry reignited after, 12 year, after a 12-year hiatus. It was the first college game day game of the year last year. But, you know, Shady comes back for for the big ones. And, you know, a lot of these pit guys, it's it's not uncommon to see Aaron Donald or Larry Fitzgerald or, or LaShawn McCoy or anyone like DeMar Hamlin at, at a random practice whenever they have a moment free. They're very big on coming back, those NFL superstars, to, to you know, kind of mentor the next generation. But as far as relationships go, I mean – Coaches love Izzy because he's exactly what you want when you're a coach. He's a guy who who doesn't talk back. He shows up early. He's obsessed with the gym to the point where, you know, they have to open it up early for him sometimes. Um, he studies film. He's constantly looking to get better. And he'll do whatever you ask him to do. He's he's willing to understand that when he played with Kenny Pickett in 2001, hey, guess what? I'm not going to run the ball a lot sometimes because we have an All-American quarterback, we have an All-American receiver, and, and teams can't stop us when we throw the ball. And he's cool with that. And then at the same time, if you, if you go to him and say, hey, man, you're probably going to run the ball 40 times today. Oh, and we're also going to need you to continue returning kicks. He's cool with that as well. And how, how do you not like a guy like that? He, he's someone that it's just – very simple to coach, very easy, and I think that that's the big takeaway with with anyone that you'll ask that's coached him from Coach O'Connor all the way up to Pat Narduzzi to Coach Sala, who we'll find out soon. You know, this is a guy who's just going to show up to work. He's going to work his tail off. He's going to work super hard, and the results are going to show for it. He's down for whatever you need him to do. Noah, you had the opportunity to spend a couple of days with Izzy as you waited to see where he was going to go in the NFL draft. You were with him and his family back in Brooklyn for their draft party. Can you talk about that experience and go into detail about what went down? Yeah. So uh, I, you know, last year, um, the guy who had the job here before me, Johnny McGonigal at the Post-Gazette, uh, who now covers Penn State, um, he had the privilege of sitting in on Kenny Pickett's draft party. And I remember watching that coverage and reading that story and thinking, man, I would love to do something like that. And, and while Pitt had, you know, a guy go in the first round with Kalaja Kansi, and then you could also include Jordan Addison in that as well. Uh, Cause he played two years at Pitt before USC. Um, the, the players that I was closest with on this team were, were Izzy and Eric Hallett uh, and Eric, a guy who is now is famous for, you know, sending the Jacksonville Jaguars to voicemail twice when they called him uh, on, on day three of the draft, but I, I didn't know what he was doing. I assumed that he would probably have something a little bit more low key for draft day. Where is he? I, I think was more of a draft lock. So I was like, I'm sure they're doing something. So I just reached out to his dad to see, Hey, you know, what do you guys got going on? Are there any plans? 
And uh, he said, yeah, we'll definitely be doing something. We'd love for you to come by. And I ran it by my editors. I said, hey, I think we could get some really good access for this. I think this is a really good story. Had no idea he was going to end up getting drafted to the Jets, you know, his hometown team. But because of the relationship I had built with his family, I thought, yeah, this this has the opportunity to be a really cool experience that we can share with our readers. So our, my editors, who are awesome, you know, the Post-Gazette's a great place to work. And uh, they they gave me the green light and they, they said, yeah, get a flight out there, get a hotel and and, and make it happen. And so I, I, I asked Izzy on his on his pro day. After uh, he got done speaking with reporters, I went up to him and said, hey, man, like, do you mind if I do this? And put his arm around me and was like, yeah, you're you're invited at my place anytime. So I got his number. We ironed out the details and um, flew down to New York uh, Thursday morning, just kind of hung out uh, all Thursday with a friend who lives in Brooklyn, watched the first round there. And then Friday and Saturday, they had an organized event at Abe Lincoln High School uh, right by Coney Island there in Brooklyn. Um and I got to give props to Coach O'Connor, man. I mean, that that is – it was really special to see what he and the rest of the, the administrators at Abe Lincoln High School did for this for this young man. I mean, the the, the food spread they had there was awesome. The decorations, the, the, the setup, a lot of time and effort and money went into making that a very, very special day for this kid. And, and that – was really cool to see and just see how many people showed up there to support him. I mean, there were, I think on Friday, at least, you know, one to 200 people there, it felt like, and, and it was people from all over the New York area who, who knew him from little league football, who grew up as neighbors, you know, relatives, close friends, and, and just really everyone who wanted to come by and support him. And it was, it was, it was intense, I, I, Scott, just at the beginning of it, just because, you know, you you wanted to see it happen for him. And and I'm, I wasn't like cheering for anything one way or the other, but you just become captured by the moment. And you're just, man, this this is crazy. I couldn't imagine how intense this would be. And like I said, I've got to know him pretty well. And I, I saw sides of Izzy that last weekend that I haven't really seen before. He He's normally just this calm, cool, collected guy, but you could see as the running back started to go off the board in the third round, you know, he, he was, he began rocking back and forth in his seat. He, he lost his, you know, I, his trademark smile that he always has. And he became pretty anxious. And I think even a little frustrated saying, you know, I, I, I think he was kind of upset with the fact that some of these running backs went ahead of him, despite what he did at his pro day and what he did last season stats wise. Um, and at the end of the, at the end of that Friday event, uh, coach O'Connor delivered this speech that I think really hit home for everyone. He said, you know, this isn't the first time he's been overlooked. He talked about how Virginia tech came to his office one time and said, hey, you know what, Izzy's too small. He's not good enough to play for, for the Hokies. And, and Sean waited to tell Izzy that story, uh, until his, this past fall, the day after he ran for 320 yards and six touchdowns against that team. And it kind of hit home saying that, you know what, like, Hey, he's going to get his shot. And when he does, he's going to make the most of it. And, and, and entering the gym Saturday afternoon, he had this different element about him where he seemed more relaxed because he kind of knew, Hey, you know, rather than 
wondering, will it be round two? Will it be round three? What will happen? Blah, blah, blah. He said, I know my dream's coming true today. I don't know when it will. I don't know what round. I don't know what team. But I know eventually that call is going to come today, and I can't wait for it to happen. And that the fourth round, Scott, I mean, they, again, they had a great food spread. I uh, At one point in time, I, I was sitting right behind them. Um, I really needed to go to the bathroom, but it, you were just scared to move a muscle because it felt like that call could come at any time. And uh, I didn't even want to go up and get a sandwich or, you know, a bottle of water because you just knew, man, it, when's it going to come? When's it going to come? And he would just he had his phone in his hand and he's just looking at the screen, just constantly looking at the screen, the time, whatever. And as so, someone who was able to sit right behind him, I'm peeking over his shoulder and I'm, I'm really big on, you know, giving people their privacy and not and not trying to be a screen peeker. But in that case, I was, oh, man, every time he looked at that cell phone, I'm thinking, oh, is that a call? Is that a call? And then when the call finally arrived, I mean, my hands were shaking. It was it was something that everyone there had been waiting for. It's it's you know, you, everyone's been in a spot one way or another where you're waiting on a phone call. And imagine that phone call being a life-changing phone call. And imagine that there are hundreds of people behind you also waiting for you to get that phone call. And you're watching on TV and there are TV cameras waiting for you to get that phone call. And he finally gets it and the whole room hushed. Um, and it was kind of cool. He was on the phone for about three minutes and it was kind of cool just looking around and seeing one by one, everyone kind of realize, oh, oh, he's on the phone. Oh, and uh, at first it was just his family and me watching and his agent and then a couple of friends and then their friends. And then the whole room eventually circled around him. And uh, it was the first time I've ever really seen him get emotional as both of his parents had their hand on his back and you could see, you know, some tears in his eyes. And it was that was really cool to see. And as soon as he hangs up the phone, yeah, he just he was only able to say two words. He just said the Jets and the whole place erupted. Obviously, there are a lot of. All the whole rooms filled with New Yorkers. A lot of them were Jets fans, and the ones that were Giants fans became Jets fans. And uh, it was really funny before the draft even started uh, on round two. I was sitting with his parents. I asked them both. I said, "You know, what team would you like to see him play for?" And neither of them really gave a specific answer as to what team they wanted him to play for. Uh, but his dad went and said, "You know, anyone but the Giants. I don't want to see him play for the Giants." <laughs> and uh, the fact that he landed with the Jets, I mean. His dad was elated. I, I had the video that the, the New York Jets reposted on all of their social media platforms of him calling a relative saying that he was staying home, that he's the Jets running back. He's staying home. And it, it was a very magical moment to, to get to experience that with him and to see it and document it. And as a sports writer, those are the stories that you, you dream of being able to tell. Uh, my editor was kind of like, man, it didn't really it couldn't have really worked out any better with him getting drafted to his hometown team. He gets to play with his college teammate, Carter Warren, as we talked about, you know, earlier on this, uh, the, the jets are a pretty hot commodity right now with some of the acquisitions they've made this off season and free agency and the trade market. And um, it's, it's, it, it was just really cool to see. So he, you know, gets congratulated by everyone. He takes a whole bunch of pictures and then my, my favorite part of it all was afterward, um, he needed to speak to all the, the beat reporters from New York who cover the Jets, and he didn't have the Zoom app on his phone, so uh, he used my laptop to talk to the New York <laughs> media, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, he was forwarding all the Zoom links and everything to me, and I, I set it up for him in uh, Coach O'Connor's office at, at the high school, 
and uh you know all these beat reporters are waiting to talk to you know a professional athlete and they open zoom and before i could turn the camera on it's 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 a picture of me standing in front of pnc park in pittsburgh and everyone's <laughs> like who the heck is this guy this is not israel vanikana but then i turned the camera on and it was him and it all worked out but it was it was kind of cool to see him do all of that and as soon as that ended we had a moment where all of the interviews were done and he and i were just in this room alone we we're just talking and he was able to finally kind of digest what had just happened and and, and really soak it all in and he's saying you know like i'm able to help my family now man like i'm able to i'm playing for my hometown team like this is crazy and kind of he, he reflected on it. he's like a year ago i was battling for a starting position at pit and now i'm i'm a new york jets running back and it, it was it was an incredible day. It just really was. It's one of those ones where, you know, I've had, I've had the privilege to interview a lot of big name athletes. I've, I've got to travel to some cool places and I'm sure I'll get to cover a lot of cool stories and games and events uh, throughout the remainder of my career. But that's one I, I'll always remember just because it was it was uh, kind of uncanny how everything played out. Sounds like all told, Izzy and his family are very happy that he gets to stay home in New York. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the, these this is the American dream, Scott. His parents came to America from Nigeria hoping to have a better life. And, you know, his dad came here for an education. He went back. He met Izzy's mom. They moved to New York hoping to give their children, you know, opportunities to, you know, thrive in ways that they 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 can't. And look what happens. I mean, is is all of their children are educated. They all have careers. And now the youngest one is is playing football for the hometown team. It's it is the American dream to an epitome. And it's uh it's 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 just incredible. Yeah, they they were super happy. I mean, there's one picture that was posted of uh Mr. Abanacana lifting up Coach O'Connor off the grounds, two big men lifting each other. They're they're all celebrating and I mean, and deservedly so. I mean, it's 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 really, really, really cool. Like I said, how it all unfolded, and uh, you know, the Jets are getting a good one with with number two from Pitt. The last time the Jets had a running back that played at the University of Pittsburgh, he did pretty well for himself. It was Curtis Martin, who, of course, is a Hall of Famer now. And the last time the Jets had a high-profile player that they drafted from Pittsburgh, he did pretty well for himself too. He is getting inducted into the Hall of Fame this summer. That, of course, is Darrell Revis. So the Jets have a pretty good history when it comes to players that played their college ball at the University of Pittsburgh. Let's hope that continues with Israel Labanacanda, who sounds like a great kid and one hell of a football player. And I'm so glad we got all this insight from Noah Hiles, who's a fantastic reporter for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Thank you so much for coming on and giving us all this information about Izzy. Really appreciate it. We're going to do another show about Carter Warren because I want to break him down separately. But Izzy Abanacanda sounds like a really special young man, and I can't wait to start rooting for him as a New York Jet. Noah, for those that want to read your great work, and I can't recommend enough reading his work, especially on Izzy, he's got a couple of really great pieces, including the draft night piece that he just referenced. How can people follow you on social media, and how can they read your work over at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette? Yeah, uh, my Twitter account is just at underscore Noah Hiles. That's N-O-A-H-H-I-L-E-S. My my draft day story of Izzy is my pinned tweet. And if you just search, you know, my tweets, there there's a lot of 
stuff I've written about him. You know, you could read about his big game against Virginia Tech. You can read about the profile that that Scott mentioned that I wrote on him uh, in in October, I believe. Um, and then you can read all of uh, my my work at the Post Gazette uh, at just post gazettecom um, We're we're you know the the big media outlet in Pittsburgh. We've existed for almost three hundred years, so we've been doing this for a while, and I think we do a pretty darn good job of it. And we that's where you go to get all of your Pittsburgh sports coverage. Make sure that you follow Noah on Twitter and read his work over at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. As I was telling him before we started recording, I specifically subscribe to the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette online just to read his material on the Pitt football team so that I could learn more about Izzy and Carter Warren. Trust me, it's well worth it. Subscribe and read Noah's work at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Follow him on Twitter as well. Check out everything we're doing over at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. The Thunder from Down Under, Luke Grant, has some awesome All-22 breakdowns on our channel, including Carter Warren. Got one on Joe Tipman. We've got one on Will McDonald. We've got one on Zach Kuntz, who seems to be the darling of Jets fans right now because of his immense athletic upside and the fact that he was drafted in the seventh round. People think the Jets might have gotten a steal. Watch our videos and decide for yourself. YouTube.com slash play like a jet. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quentin Williams, bless you, thank you shirt, the play like a jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes. If you haven't done that already, easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. Ch -ch 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 -chumba. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.